Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to the AI Comic Pod. Um, it's your host, or one of your hosts, Rory, with Stu as always. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, thank you. And you? Good, good. I'm good, I'm good. Um, we finally, much long anticipation after the bloody delay we've had on this, get to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, was it four weeks after our American counterparts? Yeah. Which is weird because for like the last couple of years we always get the, a week ahead. The, the, well, sometimes even more. Sometimes we're getting them like weeks ahead. I think of, Rag- ahead of Ragnarok America. was a, a couple of weeks, man. I think. Yeah, it was. It's. We got Black Panther a week or two before, and it was all that. Anyone who didn't know, the reason we didn't get it at the same time as everyone else was because of the bloody World Cup. Yeah, so um, I'm kind of resenting the World Cup for the fact that we had to wait uh, a month for um, for this film. The only thing I'd say in its favour is that. I think, and, and this is this is straight. This is spoiler special. We are talking about um, every aspect of this film, including post credits. Um, so if you've not seen it yet, I hope you have. But go and go and watch it, and come back and listen. Um, but um, it's it's a the big thing around this film. Uh, a lot of people say is that it's not Infinity War, and and I think following Infinity War is probably the hardest task of any Marvel film. And I'm really glad it's not Captain Marvel or Black Panther or, you know, maybe one of the bigger endings. It seems like it's a perfect slot for me for an Ant-Man or a um, maybe Doctor Strange or something that's not as high stakes. And I'm all right with that. But I think a lot of people aren't um, because they're expecting something of a similar kind of impact, but it's, it's Paul Rudd, it's Ant-Man. I mean, what were you expecting coming in? I, I was expecting more of the same and, and I'm really pleasantly surprised and happy that we, we got more of the same. I mean, I think you feel the same. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my, my love for Paul Rudd is not a secret by this point. I, no. I would happily sit and pay and watch him for two hours talk about different shades of black paint. So, yeah, uh, it, it was it was very, very anticipated. We've been chomping at the bit, and it's been very, very difficult avoiding spoilers for this, especially for the post-credit. I mean, we knew going into it that there was going to be some kind of post-credit scene that was going to have something to do with either Infinity War or yeah. Avengers 4 or, the, or both of them. So it's been very difficult, especially if you watch as much content as I do on you know, pop culture things on YouTube to do with comics and all the rest of it. There's been yeah, so yeah. many channels and videos I've had to avoid that now I've been able to go back and, and binge back what Yeah, we knew they'd have to do something. And we will come back to the post-credit, but we knew they had to do something because you, you can't... We knew this kind of ran parallel with Infinity War. That was kind of known, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because he was under house arrest and that's the premise. Um, and they, did make, they did make a very good effort before going into this of telling people that for for the most part of it 95 percent of this was yeah. 
completely self-contained. There wasn't going to be any sort of TV screens in the background and he's going, oh, what's happening in New York? Or, oh, look at this yeah, yeah, happened yeah. in Wakanda. It was only meant to be Ant-Man and the Wasp doing their thing until, you know, the last, you know, minute and 30 seconds or whatever it is. And that was actually kind of nice. It was nice to have an insular film for once. Yeah, I, I think the last time we had that was probably Doctor Strange, actually, where you didn't have any of that outside influence. Um, and it's a nice, it, it's nice because that's why I differentiate this film from from the others. Um, and people will go, well, is it your favourite Marvel film or is it this, that, the other, where did it rank? I don't care. It's it's not got the stakes of, of Infinity War or Revengers or Winter Soldier or, you know, whatever. But it doesn't mean I won't watch it as much and enjoy it as much. And I think it more aligns itself with, because it's a comedy, essentially. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it, it doesn't it doesn't need to have the high stakes and and it, it just needs to have the characters you really like um, doing a little bit more of the same and some new characters and some new introductions. And, and I think it did expand on, on the first film. Uh, if you ask me, I think it's it's very tried and tested. I think you could look at this film and you can look at the script and go, yeah, it's it's somewhat predictable a little bit, but I don't care, man. As long as we get a Louise monologue, I didn't really give a shit what else would happen in this film. Um, and it was also and had- pretty monumental because for the first time in ever, we actually managed yes. to arrange to go and watch a film like this together. We, we did. We tried like three or four times before and something either work, family or health gets in the way, but this time it actually happened. It did actually happen and it was, yeah, it was great and there's a lot of moments where we both laughed and, and a lot of the part of the rest of the cinema didn't, um, which I enjoyed because it was, uh, obviously your, your mates did as well. And I I, think that, I'm that, used to that, the yeah. number of times, well... You've met Tom, who I go to the cinema with now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The number of times that me and Tom sit there barely laughing, and then I look around, and you just see <laughs> eyeballs staring back at you, and you're like, if you don't get why that's funny, well, you're just a horrible waste of flesh. Yeah, there's a few really good lines in this, and I can't recite them, because I can't remember them like for like, but they wouldn't have been the ones that maybe people would have, have really hung on to as being the generic laugh out loud stuff. It was the more subtle stuff. I think anywhere I'm where Paul improvises, you know? I, I'm not ashamed that I nearly pissed myself laughing at a giant ant in the bath. No, I, I, I will, think I, I was pretty close drum. as well. I, I will always, always laugh at that because it's just stupid. The and giant ant stuff. Baby. Giant ant stuff was just just genius. And the ant names, you know, Anton, Antonio Banderas. If you can't laugh at that, then <laughs> you shouldn't be watching Ant-Man. No. Because you knew he was going to go that way after Ant- Anthony from the first one got such a buzz online about how good it was. You knew that they were going to go, right, well, that worked in the first one, so let's just lean on it and expand it a bit. Yeah. People loved the giant ant at the very end of the uh, the first one where it was like, oh, that's a funny-looking dog. And then it's uh, like a pet. Yeah. Patty's feeding it under the table. They were, again, they were obviously going to go, Okay, well, that worked. People love the giant ant. Let's have a few of the giant ants in. Yeah, the, the exactly. formula works. That they've they've stumbled on somehow with a character that shouldn't work. This formula that makes it work. It's it's got heart. You know, it's got the nice family element. It's. Funny. I think that's the it's thing we'll go action. back and talk about actually, because I think that's what that's what the the slight tipping point is for me is it's the relationship between him and Cassie. It's, oh, it's she, that kid is so cute. Yeah. It's she, she is ridiculously adorable. And she was in the first film, um, especially when she talks about that, that little ugly rabbit that she buys. <laughs> yeah. She absolutely adores it. Um, and she just does moments. She's obviously rooting for a dad. Now I hope you don't catch you. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. She, she really does. But it was a really clever turn in this where it's it's her relationship with a dad um and they're in that that den, do you know what I mean? They're they're basically robbing things <laughs> um, and it works really well. But then the um the mum, obviously they're much closer, and then the, the police officer um yeah, that, from that, 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 that was, that was nice a nice moment. The, yeah, it was. The, that they, films don't do that, you know. I don't know the single film 
where they had like a um, you know stepdad ex-husband it's like the, the relationship ex, the banded you know? family isn't it yeah and they he always came in for the big hug you do know what I mean yeah. and it, it, it was nice, well, you know. You it was some nice it, moments. It, it's a nice tale back to the first film where he he, he obviously had a really bad opinion of he did uh, of yeah. him, but the way he put himself out and the way he, he he saved Cassie, you know, and he really did risk his neck. That obviously had a real a real impact on him, and it's nice to see that they've gone for what's probably quite a modern take on things. You know, the world isn't just. Mom, well, it's good that he doesn't anymore. get back with the mom, and it's. Do you know what I mean? Oh, he didn't need to do awful. that. If they did that, yeah. I would have been so pissed off that they'd gone for one of the biggest rom-com tropes ever. Of oh, yeah. well, after all this, I've decided to love you again. It's like no, she's perfectly happy with her cop fella, and she's perfectly happy to still have a relationship with her ex-husband because they've got a kid together and. Yeah, yeah, and they're only small bits, and people will not really look at that kind of stuff in the film. And obviously, we're talking about it in full, um, but it's it's a nicer part of it. Do you know what I mean? I like those elements of the film. I think they they connected really well to the first one in that regard, and they did develop a story quite seamlessly while always recognizing that he'd been away and he'd been to Berlin and and you know fought against. Um, Iron Man, which which clearly upset uh, Michael Douglas, um, um, because his his suit was essentially, you know, well, it actually didn't get stolen; he, he kept it. But you know, yeah, it's, it did. it's but th- yeah. that that side of things that, that you've you've kind of, for me, you've got to focus on the family stuff because the family stuff, Cat, the way Cassie speaks, she's holding up a giant magnifying glass to his relationship with Hope. You know, the way she says about someone having his back and, you know, you need a partner. And yeah. it, it, it's subtle. It's really under the radar, but it's just... Because that's what he's thinking as well, isn't it? He's thinking he wants a partner. Obviously, he wants it in both senses of the word. And yeah, of course. He, he feels yeah. like he let her down, the fact that he just took off to Berlin and didn't even contact her. He didn't tell him what was going on. And obviously, come the end of the film, everything's better. Everyone's made up. And there's there's a really interesting bit of foreshadowing with that as well just to skip ahead a little bit in the casting for Avengers 4 I was going to say so this is a spoiler for Avengers 4 if anyone wants to mute for two minutes I would okay well just in case anyone wants to yeah this is a spoiler so I'll be I'll be very brief about it so skip ahead like a minute or something they've done a casting call for a 16 year old version of Cassie and in the comics at one point in the future Cassie does become a, a size-changing superhero called Stature, and they may well be going down that route, possibly. There was a lot of foreshadowing. Yeah, well, they are going to be talking about movement of time, and I think um, there's been some shots in Avengers, you know, where people have taken photos of the original Avengers in their original uniforms in Which the Battle we've been of New told York. Is bar technology. That's the the retro frame yeah. from. Um, yeah. Civil but War. you you know you're gonna maybe look at some time travel and some you know what I mean. There's definitely gonna be a lot of tricks going on. There's definitely gonna be, you know, the first film, um, Infinity War is 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 Russo's described as a heist film. Um, I think Avengers Part Four may be another heist film, but with a different element of it, where the it's about the Avengers getting the gauntlet or the stones. So we'll see. Um, there's a lot of predictions and a lot of things we'll talk about. Um, and there's a lot we'll know more probably when Captain Marvel comes around. But again, that is set in the 90s. Um, there might be some foreshadowing, um, but I don't think they're going to give much away on Avengers 4. I think they're going to keep it quite tight-lipped until... Yeah, they're, they're being very, very... We said on the last pod, they're being very, very careful to not overshadow Ant-Man and the Wasp. It, I think we'll probably get Captain Marvel footage, maybe September. Mm, at the earliest, yeah. And and I think, because I can't remember what it is, but so, there's one of the conventions happens soon. It might be the Disney Expo. The, yeah. Ro- Robert Downey Jr. put something on his Instagram either today or yesterday, and he was having some press shots taken for the Expo. I was going to say, and... the only thing to, to mention, and someone pointed this out to me on, on Twitter when we are discussing Captain Marvel, um. It comes out a month later than Black Panther did. Mm. Um, and Avengers 4 comes out the same time as it did 
last year, so what, the end of May. Yeah. Um, that's quite surprising, actually, because I'm not saying Captain Marvel won't do exceptionally well. I think it's going to be incredible. I'm really hyped it's for it. It's March, isn't um, it? Yeah, but, you know, Black Panther was out in Feb, and I just don't think it leaves them much, uh, that much time. Do you know what I mean? Because it's going to run maybe, well, probably run for eight weeks. Um, so I think maybe it'll have a good run, but Black Panther did so well and is still in cinemas. In yeah, cinema, Mar- uh, March you know. 8th. Yeah. So I think there is a bit of a difference there. You know, um, so we might not get footage until le- maybe later in the year. Um, I can't I think, fucking wait for Captain Marvel. I, I'm loving the fact that they're going to have Ronan yeah. back in it as well. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, and we've got, uh, we've got obviously. We've got young Colson, young Nick Fury. With yeah, Colson. Yeah, um, I'm reading the uh, which Captain Marvel comic is it? I can't remember which one I'm reading at the minute. Um, when she gets the name Captain Marvel um, from from Miss Marvel, um, change over and it's it's good, man. It's quite uh, kind of Jessica Jones, dark, gritty-ish edge to it. I've got um, one she... Captain Marvel book on my shelf. One of the it was one of the really famous ones when she got relaunched. Where is it? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm reading. I think Captain. Blah, 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 where is it? Higher, further, faster, more. Uh, I'm not reading that one. I'm reading uh, which one is it? Uh, I can't find it. It's in pursuit of something, but it's it's really good. Um, it's a really good read. Um, I should buy great some great books. Um, but yeah, I've been reading that and, and Venom in between, so it's been quite good at the minute. But um, she's an interesting character, and uh, and I'm I'm big on Brie Larson's casting, and I think we we will do a proper preview of that at some stage in the future. Um, because that's going to be a big film for next year. It's going to be huge. I know it's not going to be Avengers four, and the hype will all be around that. But I, I genuinely think if Marvel nail it, it could be one of the best films they've produced. I, I, I you know, and people will say Ant Man isn't, you know, going back to it up to the level of say Ragnarok and Black Panther and obviously Infinity War, but it doesn't make it any more any less fun. Do you know what I mean? And, and we talked about that briefly before. Obviously, there's a family element. Um, and we'll come back to the kind of action set pieces. Um, but I saw it was a really cleverly done film. I like the simple premise. Um, I like that it's kind of expanded upon what we had before. Um, but the humour in there, it was funnier than as much as, as, as funny as anything I've seen from Marvel, really, if you ask me. It's as funny as Ragnarok. Um, and as funny as the first Ant-Man. Because there's a couple of scenes that stand out for me when he is in the school and he shrinks to the size of a small oh, child. God. It's just genius. Well, you, um, you saw I was genuinely crying laughing at that. Oh, uh, it was just so funny. So the, what happens in the film, I hope you've seen it, um, but what happens in the film is his suit basically is, is malfunctioning quite a lot. So the bits that make him... Uh, you know, increase in size and decrease in size. Um, it keeps playing up and he shrinks to the size of a seven, eight year old. And to disguise it, they put a hoodie on him and he's just running down the hallway, um, arms failing. And it's just a genius moment. And when he hops back up into the, into the, into the van, it's it's just a couple of lines there about needing a juice box and, and the cheese <laughs> yeah. string or whatever. Um, and he just, I thought that was really clever. Um, and the other one for me that stood out is when, and this, I don't know how improvised, I don't know what happened, but when Paul Rudd is basically um, being controlled by Michelle Pfeiffer's character um, and he's acting very feminine and holding Douglas's hand and talking in a oh, certain yeah. way and looking in a certain way. Now that to me is Paul Rudd personified. Do you know what I mean? He's acting like a feminine mother and he absolutely nails it. And I was in absolute stages at that point. Um, cause he's just genius, man. And I just don't know how they kept a straight face. I don't know how many takes that would have done, but I would have been on set just absolutely wetting myself. I, I like to perfect. think that that bit's been ad-libbed and maybe they were standing there and then the first Shot. time he held hands, Michael Douglas has just shit himself laughing. Because, <laughs> I mean, that 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 would be hard to keep a straight face because Michael Douglas, I think, would be quite serious. And yeah, I, he's quite I've stern, never seen yeah. Evangeline Lilly do anything overly funny. 
whereas Paul Rudd is pure comedy for me. So you can imagine that he he's just going to be acting the clown doing that. They they must have taken dozens and dozens and dozens of of takes to get each one of those shots without him saying one thing or doing one thing too wrong to, yes. to just get he looks like the kind of guy that will do things deliberately just to make them laugh just because he knows he can little things like it might just be the way he stands oh, with his hand on his hip or something mate, just to make someone chuckle. you'd be an arsehole on set you'd be so struggling do you know what I mean you'd so struggle with him on set he must like be you said about Michael so Keaton, distracting walking around on the set of Homecoming keeps going I'm Batman to make people laugh <laughs> You can think you can see Paul Rudd just totally camping it up. You don't say Paul Rudd and Michael Pena are probably the two distracting. Oh, Michael. Pena. You know, on that set, um, we will come back to Louise. We will dedicate as long as we need to Louise because he's again fantastic. The other really funny line in this, and they don't get much to do, but the two kind of sidekicks who run the alarm, you know, security business with Louise when they're talking about Baba Yaga. I just thought <laughs> yeah. it was just genius. I just thought it was such a clever touch. Um, he obviously has, I don't know if he's got Russian-Ukrainian kind of heritage, but the way he says it is talking in that way, in that tone. It's the last time when he just kind just of whispers it. it. And he just goes, yeah. Um, <laughs> he does not have any, any Russian in him. He was born in Pennsylvania. David Dastmalchian. So he's obviously oh, got surname. some kind of Eastern European. And obviously yeah. Ti, who yeah. I really uh, Ti's actually got really good comedy timing because he's, he's he, very dry. I just recognise where that David Dashmalskian's from. He is in the Dark Knight. Yeah. Does it? Does he play the guy who is kind of uh, deranged and psychotic? That. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, you know, the guy that loses his mind a little bit um, and gets to put in the back of the van with Harvey Dent when he becomes Two-Face. Yes. Yeah, Do you know Gary, what I mean? Gary, the guy yeah. who's escaped from Arkham or, or, you know, he broke out from Arkham. Yeah, he's the guy that's in the back of the van with um, with yeah. Dent when he's he's lost it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good performance, actually. He's He's got some comic book heritage then. Um, yeah, I, 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 they don't get much to do in this, let's be honest. Um, but... It was always yeah, going to be that way, wasn't it? They were more important in the first film because it was a lot more about Scott acclimatizing to life after prison, yeah. whereas in this, it's as we've said, it's more about the consequences of civil war, his house arrest, the the family side of things, and then it obviously takes the turn when it starts going more into the ghost and her backstory. And um... what did we make of the ghost as a character? I mean, potential was there, but I don't think I was a little bit was... disappointed because I actually really, really like. Um, the girl that plays it 
from Black Mirror whose name has completely escaped me. Yeah, she's a British actress, isn't she? Oh uh, yeah, she's oh she's she's from London. What is her bloody name? Um, Hannah John Kamen. That's yeah. it. I I really really like her, but I think she was never really intended to be a full on villain, was she? Because no, she wasn't. Really have a villain. She was more of a of a plot point than anything to sort of really. She she was a plot point. Yeah. She was a plot point to 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 further go into the the quantum realm stuff and explain how powerful it is, but also how damaging it can be because it, you know, it it killed a dad. It killed. It should have killed her, but instead it's ba- it's caused her to have a decades worth of constant agony and and all yeah. sorts. So. Yeah, as a villain, I think it, I think it missed the traditional villain this film a little bit because I'm not sure how it would. Have. Walter, well, was is it? Goggins? Oh, Walton Goggins. I didn't. Oh God, I I couldn't quite get on board with that character. He I just was found arguably it quite jarring. Of, he was arguably more of an outright villain because Sonny Birch is, excuse me, more of a villain character. But I think yeah. as a villain, Ghost wasn't great. But as a plot point, it was actually very good, and it was handy the way it. No, it I, I think his plot point it was the, good, the and, I, and I think the experience with with Fishburne kind of being there as well, I think that helped. We yeah, we the, talked about the Douglas Bill Foster before. angle was was really good. I liked that twist where it turns out that he was helping her. Because I, yeah, I, I, I thought I, that was a nice didn't twist. see that coming. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of good moments with him when he's being um, accosted by all the giant ants as like security guards, yeah. which was pretty <laughs> cool. Um, and then talk about the—I know you talked about the giant ant in the house, but I liked all the giant ants doing the work on the the quantum realm, you know, thing that they were building. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and he, the, he's um, shouting instructions at him. Yeah, like like they're, <laughs> they're lazy lazy workers or something. There like wasn't that. quite as much ant work in this, so there's a bit of him flying around, you know what I mean? But they, they, they messed a little bit more with the shrinking and enlarging of things, didn't they, in this film? So it was which, all about the pairs. Which I think makes sense because now they had two characters to grow and shrink. Obviously, yeah. that the, they couldn't do maybe as much of the ants because it would have completely blown the CG budget. So I like the fact that when they did and we had more of the big ants than little ants, like yeah, you say, we, we didn't get who... any of the fire ants or the... Uh, I don't know, all the other ones, you know what I mean? We didn't, just got giant really bullet ants basically everywhere. Because again, the, in the first one, they were a plot point, weren't they? You needed the, the red ants to yeah, make Yeah, they the were part of the heist. And, yeah, and yeah. you needed the, the ones that can conduct electricity to fry the servers. Well, there was no need for them now. And if they brought them in in that way, it would have been the exact same. Oh, you need these. Yeah, we don't need another heist that. movie either. Because, no. we, you know, Ant-Man is a heist movie. This is a little bit more... Uh, it's it's still that kind of style. It's but hard it's, it's to categorise it as any one thing. It's not just a kind of action comedy film, and it? there's no clear kind of agenda about what it is. Do you know what I mean? In terms of what they're the, the fate is all about the quantum realm, and it's also from from Scott's perspective about him doing his two years and not getting caught because he doesn't want to go to prison, isn't it? Because he accepts yeah. that he's fucked up and he wants to try and keep it clear because he's worked so hard to. To get back in Cassie's and he life wants and, his life back with Cassie, yeah, exactly. And, and exactly. to get back in with with his, his ex-wife, you know, because she she was obviously pretty down on him when he came out, because she said like be be the hero that she thinks you are or be the man that she thinks you are. Yeah. And he obviously took took that to heart, and everything he's doing is for his daughter. And as much as he loves being a hero, he he loves being a father even more. Well, he's had a good arc, you know, and, and yeah, it's, it's nice that, you know, we talked about Cassie and she looks up to him, but she obviously looks up to him for, for the right reasons. You know what I mean? What he's trying to achieve and, and what he's trying to, to be. And ultimately he is, you know, important with that, but he does have that affiliation and, and obviously secret hope or well, for hope, secret love or stuff for hope, which is an interesting thing as they develop and there's a lot of Douglas saying can you two just get on with things and stop staring at each other and yeah. things like that in the van um, because that's his daughter and that's an interesting relationship um, I liked I liked the balance of the film I think it was a really kind of you know the action set pieces were good um, I liked anytime the wasp was involved she she kicks ass you know she she was great in that kind of hotel scene that then moved into the kitchen you know and there was some really good set pieces which we've seen in the trailers you know with a knife and she's shrunk and run alongside all the knives um and then the giant salt 
part, which is a pretty cool thing. Um, but when you see it all in one continuous loop rather than just 20 seconds in the trailer, it's a really good kind of three or four or five minute action set piece. And, and that's when Ghost gets introduced and um, they kind of realize they're up against something you know, a little bit more dangerous quite, to them. She's quite cocksure, isn't she? Hope she knows that she's a good fighter. And that first oh, fight yeah. with, with Ghost, she's a little bit taken back. Like, what the fuck is going on? And well, yeah, because she's did. never you seen just... anything like phasing or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. And then you realise that obviously, you know, there's the jokes between you know Wasp having the having the wings and having the blasters and stuff, which is good. And then that man's obviously left with his ability to either enlarge or shrink and not a lot else. Obviously, when he's small, there's that strength that he's got. But, you know, he's not the main threat here. He's there as almost a support to the Wasp, do you know what I mean? Which is a really interesting take on it. Um, And there's the talk between them about if you'd asked me to come to Berlin, would I? You know, I kind of would have been there implied. So it's interesting where they take it because they are a pair and they do work succinctly it together so if they if they continue that i'd be quite interested if they are quite heavily involved in avengers as a as a pair or not do you know yeah. what i mean but obviously and she's you know we'll in get... other means because she's useful for her brain as well because she's a very clever person she's obviously got yes. like an engineering background she's got well. all her dad's all her dad's and you know a dad and a mom are both geniuses of engineering yeah. of time and, aren't and, they so. and as well she now I mean, at some point, you think they they they're gonna come back from the from the finger snap. So then they're gonna have all these extra minds and all these people who understand the quantum realm and all this cutting edge technology all coming back in. So hopefully she will. One thing I would say about the fight scenes, they really seem to have taken it up a notch. Yeah, they o- did o- over the first one. That the 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 choreography and nearly said the coordination. The choreography seems to be on another on another level now and completely agree with what you just said it seems at times like he's almost there to service her whereas she's meant to be more like the the sidekick out the two of them but it's it's it felt reverse for me because i mean she was always the better fighter as she trained him do you know what i mean in the first film um and she was always the one that wanted to don the suit she's the one that's kind of been getting ready her whole life whereas he he just kind of fell into it because he's a good criminal, essentially. Um, and he fit the role. And, you know, there's some great moments. Obviously, him turning giant is one of his powers. And a, uh, nice. Do, nice. do you know what? That annoyed me. But it, they do that now. Every trailer I watch now and you watch the film, you go, wait, they've changed the lines on that or they've done this. I well, remember with had- Ragnarok last year. Do you remember when you had Hulk, Loki, um, Thor and what was it, Valkyrie together in that on the bridge. On the bridge, that didn't exist. And then in, you know in, that, Infinity you know, War, they... we had the scene with Hulk and uh, Black Panther, Captain America. Um, yeah. Oh Scarlet Christ! Widow, yeah, running out the forest, Age of Ultron style. That, you know that, where they're all together. That yeah, never yeah. happened. Yeah, so they they're doing a lot of misdirection, even in trailers now. Do you know what I mean? Just for kind of promotional opportunities it feels like do you know what i mean and it's i feel a little bit cheated out of it because i wanted it i want that's almost his catchphrase (laughs) do you know what i mean that is almost his catchphrase because of what happens um so yeah i was a little bit but i did enjoy the the you know back and forth between him and lawrence fishburne about how big they can grow to do you know what i mean i thought that was really funny because it's essentially um contest it's one just one giant dick joke yeah, the, the world yeah. and there's a lot Hollywood there's a lot jokes. of giant dick jokes in this. Um let's talk Louise. So the whole scene around the truth theorem um <laughs> is just is perfectly done and that guy that keeps denying what it is until eventually he gets injected and admits to do it is it's a nice little on running joke throughout. But the fact that we got they kept trying to interrupt Louise from his monologue and then eventually he dropped it and it was just it's just perfect and it was a lot longer than his monologues in the first one a lot longer it felt a lot longer but possibly because of the interruptions because you're going oh don't stop just carry on and then he finally gets to get going and well the four of us because Rory and I went with a couple of my mates, Tom and Aiden, 
and we were all in stitches at that. And I think everyone else in the cinema was. Yeah, that, that was. was definitely one of those moments when everyone's having a really good belly laugh at it. Yeah, I I would question anyone that goes to see the films and doesn't get a, a special kick out of the uh, the Luis moments. Well, I mean, Michael Pena is. Yeah, there's so many great scenes. I mean, he's not in it as much as I'd like, um, and he almost has to share the, the screen time a little bit with the, the the police detective, who I will look up his name off, who was brilliant in this as well. Um, who Paul Rudd almost asked out on a date as a bro date kind of thing, which is really funny. Um, but we'll come back to that. But Luis is, as everyone who listens to this knows, Randall is Park, pretty much. Jimmy yeah, Woo. he was just great, wasn't he? In this, he, he was, was really, good. he was a really good foil because he just seems like a bumbling idiot of an FBI agent. Where he does everything that, he tries, he also, he's always ten he wants seconds Paul Rudd too late. To succeed as well, do you know what I mean? You could tell he wants, he wants Scott to succeed. It's, it's, he's on his side. He's like because he's acted like he's his mate throughout it. And it's just genius. I, I, there's some really good lines between him and um, and Scott. It was really funny. Um, but Luis, for all, for me, always, you know, probably one of my my favourite characters uh, in modern cinema, in in Marvel cinema, particularly um, the bit when he does what's up um, with the van. Even though I've seen the trailer and I've seen the gifs a thousand times, it still had me in absolute stitches. And when he's just in the car, you know, when they shrink the car, um, and his just reaction to everything is perfect. He's reacting like I would imagine you would react in those situations, or maybe I would react. Oh, we yeah. just kind of in awe of everything. Do you know what I mean? And then, well, he is because he's um, just a child, isn't he? And he's so yeah, he, he is. He's, he's overawed by everything that happens. Like in the first one, when the when they unveil the suit. And he, he he's trying to act really cool, and then as soon as he shows in the shoot, and he just freaks out, and he thinks it's <laughs> witchcraft and all sorts. Yeah, it's just he's just the most positive guy, isn't he, in the room always? And um, he's asking Wasp if he can have a suit, and with minimal powers, <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> oh, no he, even no powers. I'll just have a suit. <laughs> That's okay. Um, he's just desperate to be involved. I I would love him to take up a mantle and be a superhero at one stage or another. I know it's not going to happen. Um, but hey, he's You just... never know. We might come through the quantum realm and we, we might end up in a different a different uh, oh. somewhere in the Marvel Universe where Louis you know, would, that would be a superpowered suit. That would be genius. It would be genius. Yeah, I mean, I could look back at loads of his lines, but he was quite pivotal in, in the kind of closing scenes, you know, when they're trying to um, keep the building away from from Ghost and and try and you know yeah, do he, it long enough. He was quite he really, involved. He really stepped up. He got that pretty damn cool car with the flames on it, didn't he? You know they had the micro machines to talk with yeah. all the midi shrunken cars. That was nice, um, that because that is such a cool way of doing that. Yeah, it is, and the building itself, you know, the 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 quite famous big building, which is like this really kick-ass lab that they can just shrink down to the size of a suitcase and then just pull it along on wheels. It's it's quite clever, subtle touches in this film that, that they didn't even maybe consider in the first film. It wasn't that progressed, so it's it's quite nice that they've they've they have enhanced the world of Ant Man. Do you know what I mean? They've enhanced what's around. And in that great scene um with the kind of classic San Fran windy street, do you know, going down oh, down Lombard Street. That was that that's especially good for me because I was there just a few months ago. Yeah. So all the all the San Fr- I love the fact that it was based in San Fran because San Francisco is my absolute favorite city in the world. I love. I haven't it. been and I'm desperate to go. So, it, it's yeah. amazing. So when when they hit Lombard Street and again it, it it that to me the Lombard Street bit was like a hark back to the the train scene in Cassie's yeah. bedroom from the first one because you've got all this mad you know action and the explosions and everything but then it zooms out and you can just hear the car going. Like yeah. a little angry bumblebee, and it, and but then it zooms back in, and everything's mad, and everyone, ah, oh, everything's going off, and but from the real world, it just looks like a little tiny toy car just pootling its way down the street. It's the way they shoot those scenes is so so clever. It is. It it really is good. It the takes way they a lot it. to produce those kind of scenes, doesn't it? Because you you like you to said, you've got to get that to make it yeah. look balanced and and realistic, as if they're actually. 
being surrounded by flying debris and stuff and it it's very clever that's probably one of if you were to ask me before if you were to say to me beforehand they're making a film about ant-man what do you think is going to be the hardest thing i probably would have said making it look exciting and believable when they're tiny rather than just going for cheesy things like oh no i'm gonna get stood on oh i'm gonna get run over oh a pigeon's gonna try and eat me yeah and they do it that the all the scenes that take place when oh, they're small. Can we say brilliant. that the seagull was just genius? Oh, when he kept eating his ants. <laughs> <laughs> um, which was quite funny because at that moment, it's all the kids with the seagulls stealing chips and stuff on the pier, and then all of a sudden, all the ants are tiny, and he just keeps eating the ants. Um, that bit made everyone laugh because it took you out of it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Like we talked about it before, but um, was seen in, in the in the kitchen. You'd think, oh, that's the classic kind of, you know, throwing the knives, but that was pretty cool. But then the hammer and the explosions and everything going off, and she uses the saucepans. And, but that worked really well. I, they did nail that. It felt like a really well put together, well choreographed fight scene. It didn't feel cheesy or, you know, like gimmicky. Do you know what I mean? And it could do easily, like you said. It could just be like, giant boots trying to stamp them all the time and this that, and the other whereas they actually make it the fact that they go small to large so quickly and, and it's all well put together i think the, the graphics in these films are quite underplayed but they they do it really well it's all really seamless um and yeah i think you know there's certain agreements where the fight scenes aren't huge scale do you know what i mean except when he He's basically giant in the sea um but outside of that there's, there's not you know the the, the the sets and the design and all that, none of it's huge, do you know what I mean? But it works because it's it's not that kind of film. It's a different premise. It's 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 different stakes. But ultimately, and I think we can go on to talk about it, Quantum Realm is is gonna be pivotal in what happens in Avengers 4. It it really is. Yeah. Uh, just before we do go to that, another thing I like I like the fact that you don't lean too heavily on the giant man stuff. It would be very, very easy to to use the giant powers and sort of over egg it a little bit but they don't go down that route because it it, it makes a point of it's so hard for him to to be that yes. big and to maintain focus and it it puts such a massive strain on his on his bones because it would be easy you know they need to catch the van well he can grow to 65 feet and he can just jump over and grab hold of it well no because he might you know do a load of damage i like it's it's nicer to stay away from him using arguably his best power because it would yeah. completely fuck him up to do it yeah and it's not like the airport where it's a big open space and he can damage whatever he wants do you know what yeah. i mean he can't throw planes around and stuff it was it's, cool it's though when, city. when he wasn't giant when he was just a bit bigger and he's using the flat back truck as, oh, like a, as a roller i was gonna game. mention that that was really yeah. clever because that, that was a good balance of he's bigger but he's not he at his flicks, absolute flicks the gun and flicks the gun away from him. Do you know what I mean? And then just destroys the truck. And then when he's trying to hold on to that truck and going past that cafe window, that clever touch where no one in the cafe is noticing that he's outside. <laughs> he's yeah. this giant guy with his truck. Um, yeah, they certainly do that kind of stuff. They, it's, it's clever. It was that whole kind of action set piece. And that last kind of 20 minutes was really well put together. It was really and frantic as well, but not, it was frantic. not not overwhelmingly frantic. Like you can't follow it. It was, there was Hope's bit and then there was Scott's well, they bit. Cut, and then they cut back Louis to Michael bit. Douglas as well, didn't they? As well all the time with the, um, with the quantum realm. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting. The quantum realm, I thought looked great. Oh, it, They're it really looked, good with their colors and their visuals and these it things. It looked beautiful. I imagine that in 3D IMAX looked something else yeah and, and it probably the, did the, yeah. the, the colors it's something we've said before especially with guardians 2 and with ragnarok the way they're coloring these films now everything is so well, bright Black Panther and, as well and, remember all and, the purples and stuff yeah in Black Panther. They're, they're, um, they're, they're dialing the color i mean the, the film itself because so much of it takes place in a modern city isn't overly bright but when it no. comes to these bits they just seem to ramp the saturation up and just flood your eyes with these colors and it looks beautiful, but then you've got the random shapes. You know, there's things just morphing around and things floating. And then you had the tartar grades as well. Um, yeah. It, 
it, it they did exactly what I hoped they would do with the quantum realm. They just made it look like nothing. You've ever, it didn't look like space or you know, like you were just somewhere that was really small. It looked like absolute nothingness, but also everything all at the same time. It was yeah. It, it was very very interesting to see it done. No, and, it was, and, and, and we and obviously... we know now that going forward, this is going to be incredibly pivotal that at the are we going to talk the the post creds yeah so um we'll the, do the, them we'll do them bit. back to front let's do the the final one wasn't quite and um, we talked about the giant ant before um it wasn't a massive surprise but again because it was in the trailers um <laughs> it was but funny, i didn't yeah. i didn't think it'd be a post credit um but it was more throwback to you know scott playing the drums and being bored you know what i mean like the whole of his days would taken up doing menial tasks and when the giant ant comes along he's in the bath and he's doing all the stuff that scott does and then he's playing the drums um and it felt a little bit homecoming with captain america do you know what i mean everyone's waiting for you know something big to drop and it's just an ant playing the drums um yeah. i thought it was really clever um and the ant actually visually spot on man <laughs> do you know what i mean if that if you thought there's gonna be a real giant ant knocking about the place that's kind of what it'd look like for me. <laughs> I don't know if it's someone doing motion cap or if it's all, um, if it's all CG. Probably is. I I, um, I think it's all CG, but I, I love yeah. that because it was it was obviously for me it was it was along the same lines as the um, the Captain America one where yeah, you, it's you, coming, isn't you it? wait yeah. right to the end of Homecoming, right till the last trailer, and then. Like, oh, how many more of these have we got to do? And because I was fuming at that one, I was out. I loved it actually, but, but yeah. But the the one with the ant, I no, there weren't many people. Tom was booing. Tom obviously not real booing, just like boo. Yeah. I was pissing myself because it was so anticlimactic, but it's still yeah. a giant ant on an electric drum set. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing much more you can say about that. Um, yeah, and then, and then we go to the the real one, the one that we kind of expected. The, the the really crucial line in this was when, I wish I'd researched the actual line, but Michelle Pfeiffer makes a comment about him avoiding, I think she says something like quantum tunnel or quantum pipes, something like that. Yes, because it, it's it, to do with time. Yeah, and that is that has got to be the, the sort of nod forward to Avengers 4 to how because presumably if he, they can he do, can't get if out. They can, if they can go to different realms, that's one theory. So going to different universe and taking infinity stones from different universes yeah, um, and forging their own gauntlet that everyone is always rumoured that Tony is going to wield, yield. Um, that's one theory. Um, or it's, it's time travel. Um, which would be to stop Thanos getting them. And the big thing with it is, you know, the time stone is very powerful, but it's used in a kind of isolated way. Obviously it's used in the city in, in Dr. Strange. And obviously it's used um, briefly by Thanos in infinity war. So it's, it's, you know, quite a big setting in a city, um, but it's not used to jump through time you know, portals, is it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you're reversing time or you're speeding time forward. You're not, you're not going to a different year or a different month or a different day. So and it's, it's interesting. It's good because it, it goes back to Doctor Strange because Wong really laid it on thick, didn't he? About yes. you, you don't use the, at the time it was obviously the Eye of Agamotto. You don't yeah. use it to just play with time and and it was one of that was the thing that really set mordo off wasn't it that really fucked him off that you, oh it's you, the main thing you yeah. don't play with the natural order of things you know that the sanctum was meant to fall you don't have the right to stand there and turn time back and undo what has happened this isn't the order and yet it, it would it would cheapen that if all of a sudden everyone's going up oh, time stone everything the whole world has rolled back 24 hours again and everything's all okay so it, it's good that they're treating it a little bit more carefully rather yeah. than just going. And oh, I think they're treating I think it. they're treating the stones in a different way to a lot of people imagine because I think obviously the they're capability being very reserved, to aren't they? Well, the capability to wipe out half the universe is monumental. Um, don't get me wrong, 
But the other ones, the reality element of it and the power and space and time, they're not doing it where he can just do whatever he wanted. Do you know what I mean? He did have a lot of control and a lot of power, but he did, he wasn't invincible in that regard. He was just, it, it was interesting. They, they needed to do that. And I think they need to, people get pissed off who are pure comic readers. And I, I understand it, that this character is more powerful than they should be. They overplay or underplay certain characters like powers like Proxima Midnight, but they need to do that in a, in a film setting because you can't just have completely overpowered villains yeah. or completely underpowered superheroes because then it's not going to work, is it? Do you know what I mean? You can't have, you know, it, it, you need to get the balance right. And I think generally speaking, they've done that. It's going to be quite interesting with Captain Marvel what they do with her powers because she's obviously known to be the strongest. And... They've made a point when when they started planning the film of saying that when she comes in, Captain Marvel will be the most powerful character in the MCU or the most powerful hero in the yes. MCU by some way. She's not like a little bit more than Thor. You know, Thor's just got his his proper godlike powers. He can now control the Bifrost at will, and he's he's unleashed his lightning powers. And she's going to be substantially more powerful than him, so that that's going to kind of put it into perspective. But the, yeah. the, the Russos also, I think it was the Russos, also said that when at the beginning when Thanos beats the snot out of the Hulk, that was all Thanos. He didn't use any any stones because by that point he had was it two stones by then. He wasn't yeah. using the stones. He's just that strong that he can beat seven shades out the Hulk. So yes. it, it's good that, that I like the fact that they've propped up that Thanos is so strong. He doesn't always need the stones. He just, he needed the stones collectively rather than individually. If anything, the main thing he's using them for is for porting across the world, isn't it? That's, that's the thing he uses most often. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. I, I do, I like that because it would be so much easier. And it goes back to my original dislike of why I always hated Superman. Overpowered characters are less interesting. So it's good that, yeah, he, that, they that are. Thanos was holding back and restraining. And it also kind of makes you a little bit more, it makes it, his whole arc a little bit more believable, doesn't it? If he genuinely thinks that what he's doing is for the good of the universe. So he's not going around just destroying things because he's a maniac with all this power. He's doing it because, well, I kind of, I have to, but I'm only using it for the absolute things that I need to. Yeah. Yeah, Rather well, than... I mean, he doesn't have all the stones when he fights Hulk, um, but he gets the kick out of fighting him straight up. Do you know what I mean? And, he's and just showing off his well, strength. He? Um, oh, the magic one whose name I always forget. Uh, it's not Corvus Clave, it's the other one. Um, and it's not Proxima Midnight. Oh, that's the woman. It's not the dwarf. Oh, for the love of... Well, anyway, that one. The one that fights with Doctor Strange. Squidward. Yeah, Squid, <laughs> Magic, <laughs> Magic Squidward. Yeah, um, um, he he says, doesn't he? Like, oh, let, something along the lines of, oh, let him have his fun, or yeah, you know, exactly. And that's what it is. Yeah. He's, he's just twatting the Hulk for just you know shenanigans. Yeah, so yeah, he is. It, it's in, it's going to be interesting now to see how, because presumably Scott cannot get out of that quantum realm without their help. He certainly can't go backwards. So no. there must be a way that he can use one of these quantum tunnels to go forwards. Yeah. Somehow then maybe he's able to loop back round on himself or we we don't know. It's going to be very interesting. And, and, and the way they did it as well, it was so subtly done because it was, I watched it again before I found a copy of it. Yeah. And it so was right e extracting in five, four, three. You know, there was no, no big anything no explosions no anything and then it just cuts to the outside world and you just see the ash falling and i thought that was a brilliant way of doing it it was so easy and so subtle well it's just interesting because he's obviously trapped there and and you just got to see what they're going to do about the time um and he can't be in realm there too is... long because they said didn't he the no. longer you're in the quantum realm it completely fucks with your mind we only know in fairness that he's been in the quantum realm before in the first film and he's he's the only person that escaped it naturally almost do you know what i mean because michelle pfeiffer was stuck there for all that time well yeah she was um, there for like 35 years and they they've yeah. also hinted that when, when she's coming out with um with hank she she makes some kind of comment about 
being in the quantum realm for that long changes you. So, well, she has powers. Obviously, she has some form of healing powers and energy um, because of what she can do to ghosts. I, I wouldn't so... be surprised if they don't go down the route similar to what they've done in in the comics. Prolonged exposure to pin particles gives you the natural ability to shrink and grow. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if she now hasn't got the natural ability to shrink and grow after spending three decades in the quantum realm. Yeah, I'm not sure how much they're going to use. I mean, you've got to think with Avengers 4, and I think what we all think is it's going to be largely around the original Avengers. Yeah, it, it, um, seems, it seems to be... It's going to be yeah. heavily on Cap and Iron Man, and we're going to have... Uh, a retelling. Well, is he going to be called? Is it Ronan? Um, which is is Hawkeye's other character? R- R- Ronin, yeah, the uh... Ronin, yeah. So I think if they, I think you're right. I think there's going to be some order rebalancing if if Scott goes back in time and changes things, and then we'll get slightly different characters or outlook. But like you said, it might be to do with the bath thing that Tony's got. So we we don't know what's going to happen, and there's been no hints. And they're not going to give that much away until the trailer. And even then, it's going to be so many. It's going to be a lot of misdirection. Let's put it that there's, way. There's um, a lot of theories going around because in in that in those behind the scenes pictures, if you look at what Tony's wearing, Tony's actually wearing a shield outfit. So okay, either they they're all wearing something on their wrist, which you think is the bath thing. Supposedly, the leading theory is that that's bath technology, but. It looks like Tony has maybe established himself in some kind of parallel timeline or parallel. Yeah, Earth. that's the uh, thing. Uh, we, he, we, that's what I think is more in... likely to be parallel. I think yeah, it's he, more he, likely to be a parallel universe. I'm or sure parallel... I read something the other day, and I don't know whether it was from someone within the project, like the Russos, but somebody had said that it isn't going to be time travel. It's okay. Going to, it's going to be quantum travel. It's going to be parallel travel. So he's going to be going to different. different that's why. That's why another gauntlet makes more sense to me. But I just don't know. And then, you know, I know Thanos is, is the villain, but do we think we're going to get another one? Because Thanos has completed his his quest. As I, such. I, don't, you know what I, mean? I don't know if the second, I don't know if the next Avengers film is strictly going to have a villain. I think it's going to be I, Thanos is like this, a, as a background villain, but it's more about getting trying to get things back it's restoring order. Yeah. yeah, it, it's yeah. putting everything back to that. The, the plan, as I see, it, is we've got to get everything back to normal. But then there's realize, a hell of a lot of work to do in two and a half hours. But I think of, they'll, they'll realize that they can't get it back to normal. Not a hundred percent. It'll only get to like ninety percent normal. There's definitely going to be some sacrifice. So it's going to be interesting how it we, goes. We, I mean, we won't do too many theories about that because we we obviously want to do an Avengers four. Oh, it's good. Yeah, it's going to be huge. Um, and we're going to have a lot more to talk about post um, Captain Marvel next year. So we'll see. It's going to be a big film. It's a big year. Even next though year. we know Captain Marvel is set in the nineties, you've got to think that at some point there's a post credit scene which links into the post credit. Has, has to be. Has to be. That has there's to got be. to be a, a minute and a half, two minutes where she receives that intergalactic page message. Yeah, and she's like. I think oh. what's so exciting about it all, and and is is how much there's unexplored territory in in the MCU because you don't think there is Even when you look at it. Even though we're twenty films in. Yeah, but it, it you look at it mad. and go, it seems crazy that. But you look at it and go, well, you've had your Iron Man and these villains, and you've had Cap, and you've had all this stuff. But then in the last year alone, you you know you know we're gonna get a Doctor Strange too. You know Spider Man's gonna grow in its universe, he's going to develop as a character in terms of strength. That's just um, reminded me of something else. Did you hear what they've said, what the Russo said about um, Red Skull? Oh, yes. That because he's now free to roam other areas or other planets. He, or, because the yeah. Soul Stone has been... If anyone hasn't seen this, the Russos were doing a Q&A a uh, few days ago on, uh, on Twitter, and somebody asked about the Red Skull. You know, what, now that the Soul Stone has been claimed, he was only on Voromir to guide people to the Soul Stone. Now it's been taken. What happens? And apparently, he's now been released from that curse. And I think he's going to come back to Earth because one of the original reasons why Red Skull was never coming back was Hugo Weaving said he didn't want to play the role again, and he, that's yes. why he was off in space. But now it's been taken on by. I always forget his name. The guy that played. Yeah, I don't know his name. Um, they they've said he is now free to 
resume his quest to get an infinity stone of his own so i'm really hopeful that we might get some form of captain america red skull part two even though in a whispered voice i don't think it'll be steve rogers who's captain america oh, um no don't you are cry it's okay i we yeah well we'll come into all of this because you know there's a lot to talk about about this in the future but um i, I think this is a good link film i think it's a really enjoyable film um, I get that the stakes aren't high, and that's what a lot of people have issues with, but they're never going to be. It's an Ant-Man film. I wouldn't go in expecting it to be Thanos Part 2. Do you know what I mean? It's not going to be about that. No. Um, there are a couple of characters that I think weren't perfectly done. I think Douglas, again, was great. I would have liked a little bit more of Michelle Pfeiffer, because I think she was really good. I, I would have been there. disappointed that there wasn't. I thought we were going to get more of the two of them in the real world, like catching yeah. up and him explaining what's happened and you know, yeah. how, how the Ant-Man project went away and what happened with S.H.I.E.L.D. I guess, I guess at the end of the day, it's not a focus around them. That's just the no. mission kind of thing, you know? Um, it's more I know about there was some footage that was cut of Scott. them two on the beach. Presumably that was the bit when he, he gets the house, which also was brilliant. Yeah, yeah that was it, great. When great he grows thing, their yeah. house, you know, this like two They're on two a desert island and in they the middle, the, you know, like kind of 20 feet on the beach. Yeah. It's, that was nice, but yeah, it, I suppose, and and as much as anything, time constraints, because yeah, I mean, it's almost it's almost two hours long, and that's long enough for an Ant Man film. Do you know what I mean? It's you know, but I, I think the characters generally are good. I think Ghost wasn't quite done as much of a threat as she could have been, and I think Walter Goggins just kind of didn't really fit. But that meant you had the car chases, and you had you know you had to have something that worked in there to make it to make it fit, you know? So I think all in all, you know, it's, it's a good film. It's not the greatest Marvel film ever produced. And, you know, that's fine. That's that's all good by me. I just enjoyed it. And it's the kind of film I'll watch happily and enjoy happily for for many years to come. Do you know what I mean? So just give me more Louise. Um, yeah, that, that's just, in fairness, that's your request for pretty much every film. Well, Korg and Louise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we, we know if they don't point... get a standalone, I would take anything Marvel produced that's good quality. But I'd have a Korg and Louise side project. I think you know what's not to love about that. That would well, be the best. Well, we, we already know at some point in the future we're going to get Korg and Meek coming to Earth, meet and Louise, and then the three of them go off on uh, a Goonies just... type adventure. It's bound yeah. to happen. It just makes sense. They're just going to go to spring break or something. I don't know. It's just going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Whatever happens, whatever happens. Um, but no, like I said, there's, there's some good casting in this. and It was a really good film. And, and I think the, the, the key element of it is um, is the family element. I think they did that really well, um, the father-daughter relationship. And like you said, with Kathy, Cassie kind of wanting to emulate a dad, and that's nice. You know, it's a nice message to take from it and his relationship. You know, Scott and Hope have rekindled what could be a pretty kick-ass relationship in the future, and and hopefully, I think we'll get an Ant-Man free in the future down the line. You know, um, which is all good by me. So, um, yeah, that's that's cool. Um, not sure when we're going to be back or what we're going to cover, um, <laughs> which is really really interesting for you to listen to. Um, but no, we 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 had good fun watching this and talking about this film. So. Um, thanks as always for tuning in and yeah we will be back with you very shortly Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? 
Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.